It's a fall afternoon in November 2004. Mr. Johnson's daughters, Emily, Lily, their husbands, and children are in town for the upcoming holiday of Thanksgiving. Emily and Lily decide to arrive early so they can sort out Mr. Johnson's banking and financial affairs. As the kids play with their grandpa in the family room, the adults gather in the Johnson family kitchen, which is bustling with activity as preparations for Thanksgiving are underway. Yesterday, Emily, Lily, and their husbands gathered around the coffee table, armed with notebooks and pens, and as many of Mr. Johnson's financial papers as they could find. They stacked the paperwork on the table, sorted it by year and month, and although some of the statements were missing, they began with what they had available. So, here's what I'm thinking, says Lily. We'll split up the bank statements and financial records between us. That way, we can cover more ground and get through everything more efficiently. Sounds like a plan, says Emily. I'll take the statements from the past year and cross-reference them with the transactions in your account, Dad. And I'll review the investment statements and make sure everything matches up with what we know, says Lily. I can help input the data into the spreadsheets and create summaries to make it easier to track, says Lily's husband. And I'll tackle any discrepancies we find. We can follow up with the bank if needed, says Emily's husband. That sounds great. And while you're at it, why don't you start making a list for what we'll need for Thanksgiving dinner? We can get a head start on the grocery shopping, too, says Mr. Johnson. The family members get to work, dividing the task and diving into the financial records with the determination and teamwork. As they work, the anticipation of Thanksgiving and the joy of coming together as a family fills the room. As Emily, Lily, and their husbands meticulously review Mr. Johnson's financial statements, their initial suspicions are confirmed, even though some of the statements are missing. They discover a pattern of unauthorized withdrawals and checks made out to Sarah, the caregiver, totaling at least $40,000. Shocked and dismayed by the revelation, the family members exchange concerned glances, realizing the extent of the betrayal that has occurred. This can't be right. Sarah was supposed to be helping Dad, not stealing from him. How can she do this? Dad, you trusted her. Looks like we've got some serious problems here. We need to figure it out. We need to figure out what to do next. We should contact the authorities and report the theft. Sarah needs to be held accountable for what she's done. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I let this happen. I thought Sarah was a good person. I never imagined she would betray us like this. Emily puts a comforting hand on her father's shoulder. It's not your fault, Dad. Sarah took advantage of your kindness. We'll get through this together. With a heavy heart, the family realizes that they must take action to address the situation and ensure that justice is served. Determined to protect Mr. Johnson's interests and hold Sarah accountable for her actions, they begin to formulate a plan for reporting the theft to the authorities and seeking restitution for the stolen funds. Despite the betrayal they have experienced, they remain united in their commitment to supporting each other and ensuring Mr. Johnson's well-being. From Nancy B., this is Take Care Time, the tales and exhales of caregivers.
Elder financial abuse is a serious and widespread issue that affects a significant portion of the elderly population. While precise statistics can vary, seniors lose in excess of $36 billion, that's billion with a B, to financial abuse each year. Approximately 1 in 10 Americans aged 60 and older have experienced some form of elder abuse, including financial exploitation. Elder abuse is vastly underreported, with only a fraction of the cases being brought to attention of authorities. Estimates suggest that for every reported case of elder financial abuse, as many as 44 cases may go unreported. Elder financial abuse can have devastating consequences for older adults, including loss of savings, financial instability, and diminished quality of life. Victims of financial abuse are also at an increased risk of depression, anxiety, and other negative health outcomes. Perpetrators of elder financial abuse can include family members, caregivers, friends, acquaintances, and strangers. In many cases, perpetrators are individuals who are in positions of trust and authority over the elderly person. Certain factors can increase individuals' vulnerability to elder financial abuse, including cognitive impairment, social isolation, physical dependency, and financial dependence on others. Preventing elder financial abuse requires a multifaceted approach that includes education, awareness, community support, empowering older adults with knowledge about financial scams, and providing access to resources and support services can help reduce the risk of exploitation. These statistics underscore the importance of raising awareness about elder financial abuse and taking proactive steps to prevent vulnerable older adults from exploitation. By recognizing the signs of financial abuse, promoting financial literacy, and fostering supportive and inclusive communities, we can all work together to safeguard the financial well-being of older adults. Now, back to our story. This episode is brought to you by Puzzabilities, where creativity meets relaxation. Dive into the captivating collection of custom sensory jigsaw puzzles designed to delight and challenge puzzle enthusiasts of all ages. Whether you're seeking a moment of mindful escape or a fun family activity, Puzzabilities has something for everyone. Please don't miss out on our exclusive magnetic sensory jigsaw puzzles that are created with care to bring joy to your loved ones who are bedbound. Never lose a piece and enjoy hours of fun. Discover the endless possibilities from Puzzabilities today. Visit Puzzabilities.com. Upon learning that his daughters will be visiting for Thanksgiving, Mr. Johnson decided to give Sarah, his caregiver, the week off to spend time with her family. As Sarah receives the unexpected news of her week off, she expresses gratitude to Mr. Johnson for his thoughtful gesture. With a sense of relief and anticipation, she looks forward to spending quality time with her loved ones and time at the casino with her friends. Recognizing the opportunity to conceal her illicit activities, she decides it may be wise to hide some of Mr. Johnson's financial papers before his daughters arrive for Thanksgiving. With a sense of urgency, Sarah searches for the suitable hiding spot, meticulously selecting documents that could potentially incriminate her. Carefully tucking some of them away in a, in a secure location and shredding and flushing some others, she hopes to avoid detection and prolong her scheme undetected. Have a happy Thanksgiving, Mr. Johnson. I'll see you next week. With a sense of satisfaction and anticipation, Sarah sets off for her unexpected week off, a smile playing on her lips as she looks forward to the days ahead. 
Despite the weight of her deceitful actions, she pushes aside any lingering doubts, eager to embrace the opportunity for relaxation and enjoyment. Unbeknownst to Sarah, Emily and Lily are coming to town for more than just Thanksgiving, and her web of deceit and treachery will soon be discovered. With her week off officially underway, Sarah wastes no time indulging in her insatiable craving for excitement and risk. Eager to escape the constraints of her mundane routine, she heads straight to the casino, her heart racing with anticipation as she prepares to immerse herself in the exhilarating world of gambling once more. As she enters the vibrant and bustling atmosphere of the casino floor, Sarah's senses come alive with the sights and sounds of flashing lights, ringing slot machines, and the murmurs of anticipation that fill the air. With her friend waiting eagerly by her side, she feels a surge of adrenaline coursing through her veins, fueling her determination to embrace the thrill of the moment. For Sarah, the casino represents a temporary reprieve from the pressures and responsibility of her everyday life a place where she can lose herself in the exhilarating rush of uncertainty and possibility. As she takes her place at the gaming tables, her mind alights with visions of fortune and triumph, the promise of victory beckoning her forward into the unknown. As the hours slip by unnoticed, Sarah finds herself swept up into the relentless rhythm of the casino, her senses attuned to the ebb and flow of chance and opportunity. With each spin of the wheel, she feels the exhilarating rush of anticipation building within her, propelling her deeper into the heart of the game. For Sarah, this moment of respite represents more than just a simple escape. It's a chance to reclaim the sense of autonomy and agency in the world that often feels beyond her control. As she revels in the thrill of the gamble, she finds herself momentarily liberated from the weight of her troubles, basking in the intoxicating glow of possibility and promise. Many individuals who struggle with gambling addiction may not recognize the severity of their problem or may be in denial about its impact on their lives. This lack of awareness can stem from a variety of factors, including the addictive nature of gambling itself, the perceived excitement, the thrill associated with winning, and societal stigmas surrounding addiction. Additionally, individuals with gambling problems may exhibit certain cognitive biases such as the illusion of control of the gambler's fallacy, which can distort their perception of risk and reinforce their belief in their ability to beat the odds. As a result, they may downplay the negative consequences of their behavior or rationalize their actions in order to continue gambling. It's important to note that recognizing and not acknowledging a gambling problem is often the first step towards seeking help and recovery. However, this process can be challenging, and individuals may require support and intervention from loved ones, mental health professionals, or addiction specialists to overcome their addiction and regain control of their lives. Sarah does not recognize she has a problem, even though she's stealing from Mr. Johnson to support her addiction. The casinos are easily accessible to Sarah and open 24-7. They are designed to create an immersive and a stimulating environment that encourages prolonged gambling sessions. The flashing lights, the sound of slot machines, and the overall excitement can be highly enticing, making it harder for individuals to resist the urge to gamble. Many Las Vegas casinos are designed to disorient patrons by obscuring the passage of time. This can make it easy for individuals to lose track of how long they've been gambling and contribute to prolonged gaming sessions. Sarah succumbs to all of this and sits down at her favorite bank of slot machines, where she stays for hours. 
Sarah doesn't hear her phone when it rings, and it goes to voicemail. Emily's call to Sarah goes unanswered. The ringtone drowned out by the cacophony of sounds emanating from the casino floor. Later in her car, she checks her phone and notices the voicemail. Emily's voice carries a mix of urgency and concern as she leaves a message for Sarah, her words measured yet tinged with a hint of frustration. Hi, Sarah. It's Emily. We need to talk. It's about Dad's finances. There's some discrepancies, and we really need for you to come over after Thanksgiving to discuss it. It's important. Please call me back as soon as you can. We need to sort this out. Thanks. With a heavy sigh, Emily ends the call, her mind squirreling with the multitude of emotions as she waits anxiously for Sarah's response, hoping against hope that they can resolve the situation before it spirals further out of control. Sarah's heart pounds in her chest as she listens to Emily's urgent voicemail, the weight of her actions crashing down on her with crushing force. Panic sets in as she realizes that her theft has been discovered, and she's now facing the consequences of her deceit. With trembling hands, Sarah struggles to compose herself, her mind racing as she frantically considers her options. She knows she can't ignore Emily's request to come over after Thanksgiving, but the thought of facing Mr. Johnson's family fills her with dread and apprehension. Taking a deep breath to steady her nerves, Sarah steals herself for the difficult conversation that lies ahead. With a sense of resignation, she knows that she must own up to her mistakes and accept whatever consequences come her way. It's time to face the music and make amends for the harm she's caused. It's Friday in Mr. Johnson's living room. Emily, Lily, and their husbands sit solemnly. Their expressions, a mix of anger and disappointment. Mr. Johnson sits nearby, his features drawn with worry as he awaits for Sarah to arrive. She should have been here by now. She's probably just stalling. The doorbell rings and Emily rises to answer it. Sarah stands on the doorstep, her eyes downcast, and her shoulders slumped in defeat. Emily steps aside to let her in. You're late. I- I'm s- I'm sorry I got held up. Held up doing what exactly? I-, I had some things to take care of. Silence hangs in the air as Sarah takes her seat, her hands trembling in her lap. Sarah, we need to talk about what's been going on with my finances. I know. I'm sorry. Sorry isn't going to cut it, Sarah. You stole from Dad and from all of us. I didn't mean to. I just, I just, I was in a tough spot. A tough spot? You call stealing $40,000 a tough spot? I know. It was wrong. I, I regret it every day. Do you, though? Or do you just regret being caught? Silence falls over the room and Sarah struggles to find the right words. Sarah, I trusted you. I thought you cared about me. I do. I do care about you, Mr. Johnson. I never wanted to hurt you. Mr. Johnson's expression softens slightly, but the hurt in his eyes is unmistakable. I don't know if I can trust you again, Sarah. You've broken the trust in the worst possible way. The weight of Mr. Johnson's words hangs heavily in the air as Sarah hangs her head in shame, knowing that she may never be able to repair the damage she's done. We'll be in touch about how we proceed from here, but for now, I think it's best that you leave. Silently, Sarah rises from her seat and heads for the door, her heart heavy with remorse as she realizes the magnitude of her actions. I'm sorry. I'm truly sorry. With one last glance back at the family, Sarah is betrayed. Sarah exits the room, leaving behind a trail of shattered trust and broken promises. Sarah's mind races as she reaches for an excuse to justify her actions. 
the weight of her guilt and the fear pressing down on her with relentless force. In a desperate bid to deflect blame and salvage what little remains of her reputation, she grasps for straws, concocting a flimsy excuse to explain away her crimes. Before she heads for the door with a shaky voice and a rehearsed story at the ready, Sarah summons her resolve and begins to spin the tale. I, I don't know what came over me, she stammers, her words faltering as she struggles to maintain her composure. I was under a lot of stress, financial pressure, you know. I, I thought I could borrow a little bit just to tide me over. I never meant for things to get out of hand like this. Her voice cracks with emotion as she continues to weave her web of deception, casting herself as an unwitting victim of circumstance. I was going to repay it back, I swear. She pleads, her eyes pleading for forgiveness, even as her conscience weighs heavily upon her. I never meant to hurt anyone. I just messed up. I'm sorry. But even as the words leave her lips, Sarah knows that her excuses ring hollow, her pleas for leniency falling on deaf ears. Deep down, she knows that there's no justification for her actions, no excuse that can erase the pain and betrayal she's caused. All she can do now is face the consequences of her choices and pray for redemption in the eyes of those she's wronged. On the following Monday, Emily and Lily accompany their father to the local police station. Emily and Lily sit side by side, their faces set in determination as they clutch a folder filled with incriminating evidence. Mr. Johnson sits with them, his expression weary but resolute as he braces himself for the ordeal ahead. We need to make sure she faces consequences for her actions. She needs to understand that what she did is not acceptable. They approach the front desk, where a uniformed officer sits typing on a computer. He looks up as they approach. Can I help you folks? We're here to file a complaint. The officer's expression shifts to one of interest as he gestures for them to approach. What seems to be the problem? Our caregiver has been stealing from our father, who has Parkinson's disease. The officer's eyebrows shoot up in surprise as he takes the folder from Emily and begins to leaf through its contents. You've got quite a bit of evidence here. We want to press charges. We can't let her get away with this. The officer nods, his expression serious as he takes down their information and begins the process of the complaint. I need for you to fill out these forms and provide any additional documentation you may have. We'll take it from there. Emily and Lily exchange a satisfied glance knowing that they're one step closer to holding Sarah accountable for her actions. Thank you. We'll do whatever it takes to see this through. With that, they settle in to complete the paperwork. Their resolve unwavering as they prepare to fight for justice on behalf of their father. The wheels of justice sometimes turn slowly. Eventually, Sarah is indicted and faces charges. The legal process begins to unfold. She is arrested and brought before the court to answer her actions. The case proceeds through the legal system, with Sarah navigating the complexities of the judicial process. As the trial date approaches, tensions rise. Mr. Johnson's family anxiously awaits justice while Sarah grapples with the gravity of her situation. The courtroom becomes a battleground where truth and accountability collide. Throughout the proceedings, Mr. Johnson's daughters stand as unwavering advocates for their father, determined to see justice served. The trial becomes a symbol of their commitment to protecting their loved one and holding wrongdoers accountable. Ultimately, the verdict is reached. But with Sarah being a first-time offender, it's not nearly a punishment that the family wanted, and Sarah must pay restitution, but even that will take forever. So whatever justice is fully served remains to be seen. But the resolution of the case marks a pivotal moment in the lives of all involved. 
Despite the turmoil caused by Sarah's action, Mr. Johnson remains resilient in the face of adversity. With his unwavering support of his loving family, he continues to navigate life with Parkinson's disease. Following the ordeal, Mr. Johnson's daughters take even greater care to ensure his well-being and security. They work tirelessly to rebuild his trust and provide him the support and assistance he needs to thrive. Despite the challenges posed by his condition and the turmoil he has experienced, Mr. Johnson remained determined to live life to the fullest. He found solace in the love of his family and the strength of his own resilience, refusing to let the actions of others define his happiness, proving that even in the darkest of times, hope and resilience can prevail. Join us next week as we explore tips and systems to keep your loved ones safe from financial abuse. To learn more about Parkinson's disease, we recommend the Parkinson's Foundation. At the Parkinson's Foundation, they offer a wealth of resources, including educational materials, webinars, support systems, and information about the latest research and treatments. Their website is parkinson.org. It's a valuable resource for information for both patients and caregivers. We also recommend the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. Founded by the actor Michael J. Fox, this organization is dedicated to finding a cure for Parkinson's disease through funding research and raising awareness. Their website is michaeljfox.org. This website provides information about Parkinson's research initiatives and ways to get involved. By exploring these resources and seeking out reputable sources of information, individuals can gain a better understanding of Parkinson's disease, its symptoms, treatments, and how to effectively manage the condition for themselves or their loved ones. This episode has references to gambling. Gambling can be addictive and may lead to financial loss or other negative consequences. If you or someone you know is struggling with a gambling problem, seek help from a qualified professional or contact Gamblers Anonymous. Do you have an interesting caregiver story that you would like to have told? Contact podcast at takecaretime.com. We would love to hear from you. Please note that this episode features reenactments and dramatized details. While in most cases the exact verbatim dialogue may not be known, all dramatizations are grounded in research. Two, respect the privacy and confidentiality of individuals involved. Names and some identifying details have been changed. Till next week, take care.